Well, welcome back, everybody. Um, we've just had a few things come out in the news cycle that confirm and fall right into the same pattern of, well, everything I've been saying in this podcast. All these episodes kind of backs things up. Uh, what I'm referring to is, of course, Wash in Sestington, um, Mary McCord. Mary McCord was, um, well, let's just say she's kind of the Peter Strzok of cover-up operations for our shitty government. Um, let's go back. Let's go back and point out a couple of facts that are easily proven. Mary McCord is married to a man named Sheldon L. Snook, who happens to be a special assistant to the Office of the Counselor to the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts. Remember we've been saying about John Roberts being a real shit sack? Okay, well, Mary McCord is a, uh, a female shit sack married to Sheldon Snook. And this is great. This is great. This is like, this is awesome because this is the kind of bullshit nobody should ever have to it's like we have to defend this kind of of the all these actions okay so let's just go back and and talk about mary mccord let's see i think the first really cool thing was in 2012 um eric holder handed her the benghazi investigation you know you remember now see remember i said peter struck he's everywhere he's investigating hillary he's or pretending to investigate hillary he's and pretending to put together a case against Trump. And you can write down whatever you want because they're never going to prosecute or even take it to court. So you could say whatever you want. The whole point is to have four years of sedition and ruining the public trust and everything. Um, so what did Mary McCord do after that? Well, she's the one who processed the falsified FISA apps, the app and the, the three renewals against Carter Page. And you remember... Uh, the FBI had Kleinsmith alter the CIA email to justify the investigation of Carter Page. I, I mean, they needed a little something, right? Now, my question has always been, where's that coward at the CIA who sent the email that stated Carter Page had been helping them, the CIA, provided the agency with information about Russians? Carter Page provided assistance that led to the convictions of a couple of spies. I believe it was two or three. So whoever sent that email sat in their little frickin' cubicle knowing that this disinformation, bogus investigation could have been shut down. Now what this is, is misprision of treason. Misprision of treason is knowing that people in the government or a group of citizens is working against the government. So somebody in the federal government altered exculpatory evidence um, and someone at the CIA knew about it and remained silent about it. So that's kind of lousy, okay? So let's bring let's let's bring Mary McCord in a little closer to present day. Mary McCord handled Nancy Pelosi's security investigation into the January sixth Capitol Hill party. I'm going to call it a party, okay? You can call it what you want. I'll call it a party. Remember the judge in those cases. Uh, trying these people who are being held, with, you know, without bond and stuff because they recategorized um, their conduct or even recategorized everything, right? They're like enemy combatants now. Never been done before. Nothing quite like this. 
So remember that judge who is trying those cases is married to a longtime friend of Andrew Weisman, Catherine Mueller, uh, Catherine Rummler, Robert Mueller. That's Judge Dabney Friedrich, Matthew Friedrich's wife. Uh, remember what he did. We've covered this a few times. But he was the DOJ guy who realized, because Andrew Weissman and, and, and uh, Robert Mueller trained him to hide exculpatory evidence, alter evidence, uh, doctor testimony, uh, coach witnesses and remove witnesses last minute, alter the lineup, do everything they can to secure convictions because it, it means to these DOJ prosecutors seven and eight figure salaries in the future. And then you kind of circle back later, step back in. It's a win-win for them. And I really honestly think that a lot of what we're going through with the FBI and DOJ is a fight because the FBI, those investigators have to stay low profile. They don't get the spotlight. They don't get the, it's harder for them to rise from their ranks to get those seven and eight figure salaries. Okay. So, um, but what it all comes down to with the DOJ and people like Mary McCord and Matthew Friedrich uh, is to get these convictions and um, using every, any form of misconduct they can. But there's got to be people covering for them. It's got to be these crooked judges like Dabney Friedrich, Emmett Sullivan. Um, so these people play dumb. They get all, act all enraged that, oh, I can't believe that... Uh, Somebody tried to trick me, and, and, and justice wasn't served, and I'll get to the bottom of this, and it never, it's never straightened out. So here's even more recent. It's about the FISA court, because Mary McCord's husband advises the Chief Justice Roberts, who's a bully to the others, to the other justices. Um, they brought her in as a friend of the court to sort through recent government reports that the FISA warrants, the whole FISC, the FISA court, has been issuing warrants and allowing searches and such um, without actually having permission because they're doing domestic, they're, they're trying to solve domestic crimes. In fact, they're looking up victims of crimes to get information on them using means that are supposed to be out of their reach so um so they're looking for things like fraud uh, or they're looking for you know just about anything like marxist acts or actors to say something see the, we got a warrant for these people we don't we don't like them we got we got warrants they need to be able to justify some kind of thread somewhere how they acquired evidence against their enemies their political enemies so, and Deep State's doing this because, you know, their rabid followers always assume in the news that a warrant equals something guilty. But if a Republican or a conservative or a Christian or something is innocent, they assume that it was a cover-up. And that's what the media is doing. So, uh, at least when it comes to people they don't like, right? So that's what's going on with that. Now, the beauty of this is Sheldon Snook, Mary McCord's husband, um, imagine being able to swipe your sw sweep your wife's sedition under the rug and tell your boss, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, about you know uh, investigations of vice abuse, giving him the inside scoop on how to dodge this, like James Boesberg when he let Klein Smith 
give him a slap on the wrist. Um, and then after that, Sheldon Snook had the, also had the luxury of being able to publish an article in the Atlantic painting reality in an entirely different way. And here's how it's, this is what it's titled, Thank Goodness for the Independence of America's Judiciary. Really? Thank goodness for the deep state of America's judiciary is how what it should read. Um, th- this is this is incest in Washington. Uh, Bruce Orr and his his husband Nellie. Um, this is this is insane. See, and once again, I don't care what you want to call these Marxist bastards. M- most poorly informed yet well trained or, or coached mouth-breathing socialists will play down the seriousness of the deep state corruption and sedition. I won't. You can scream and howl uh, on Communist News Network or MS-13 NBC all day long because basically there's no, you have nothing. You're really good at lying, really good at it, skilled, adept. And I'll call it sedition. It's corruption and sedition. Because saying you stand for democracy and operating to the contrary to that doesn't fool most of us. There, and there are a lot of low IQ folks who, th- who, who have snappy kind of gotcha questions like, well, the Democrats have no reason to cheat or they're just trying to overcome Republican corruption. What corruption? Point it out. Get specific. Uh, no. So the Democrats have no reason to cheat. What do they have to gain? And the, and the answer is simple. And I called this the year Obama was sworn in. The pendulum's going to swing one way. They're going to prop a bunch of garbage behind it, and it's never going to swing back. And that's pretty much what's happened. You get to execute every agenda item and never give up it like an inch of ground. And now they're charging whatever price they desire for our lives. They're throwing trinkets and change to their faithful. And that kind of stuff's taken from basically their enemies because they all have their little inside deals with the blue states. They're taking resources from good people and who can no longer use those types of resources to acquire representative leadership. And the likelihood at this point with them having the FBI, DOG, DOJ, state, CIA, uh, Supreme Court, prosecutors, DAs, you know, judges everywhere, the chances of them being called out for this or really getting a good case against them um, for the corruption that is dramatically reduced now. This is what we're fighting against. And I know some people say, well, no, come on. How many people really want Marxist agenda items? Well, the truth is it doesn't really matter and we'll never know the truth. When media and big tech and enough federal agencies want the country or the globe to think everyone is happy and well-fed, any number of people will believe it. And we now live in this age where we're being told, you better feel guilty about being white or hold still while we kill you, like Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, they, they have campaigns about, we're investing, investigating your nationalist proclivities. Nationalism is now frowned upon. Okay, uh, and we're losing a lot of moderates who prefer to stay you know, quiet, keep the peace. Uh, and these people mistakenly feel that what's going on now is temporary. And I believe up until recently, that was true. They weren't going to draw a lot of attention to themselves, but I don't think that's true or it's no longer the case really, right? Marxists have crossed the Rubicon 
there's no going back from this. This is the last chance power drive. And people would say, well, how does this keep happening? Basically, yeah, uh, Americans have become the ultimate pacifists. We really have. And, and I've said something similar to this before, and you have to ask yourself, why have we really done nothing about violent crime? We have a fair amount of violent crime in America. Most of it's committed by white folks because we're still the majority. We're like 60.1% or something like that, and that's going down every year because we are reproducing at a sensible rate because they said, hey, too many people harms the planet. But okay, never mind. Um, but by representation, violent crime, uh, I believe right now Native Americans and Pacific Islanders are in first place. Uh, they disproportionately engage in um, for population in violent crime. I believe it's about three and a half times that of whites. Next, next second place, runner-up, are blacks at about two and five-eighths versus whites. But most Americans realize and it's, it's not just numbers and statistics. Uh, it's a kind of a personal likelihood, right? So most of us realize that serious crime is concentrated in really bad areas, and we, we're kind of banking or hoping and praying that, that violence will never meet up with us. We've been trained to keep our noses out of other people's business, even if we're funding those other people's business, and that's a bunch of shit too. So... We keep that blind eye, knowing that those little, those little dense areas of serious crime kind of bleed on and spill out. And I'll keep saying this about America, about this violence, about the things that we're facing now, the bigger issues. If white supremacy was a real thing, it would have stepped up and kicked BLM and Antifa's unholy asses last summer. 5,700 documented violent insurrections in the street 5700 and a few little feeble attempts right so really if there was any organization or power to any group of white supremacists they would have been there because they would knew and it was advertised which police departments were bending the knee were standing down and allowing people to protest peacefully as they harmed burned raped and killed um, but it's still peaceful because that's what the media said. Um, it, instead, the message is we have no control over what's happening and, and that you don't deserve law enforcement or you're entitled if you think law enforcement is there for you. And really it is. Here's my favorite. Police only are here because they came from the history of slavery. Really. So we would just be policing ourselves right now, right? I think things would be very different if we actually did that, if we were policing ourselves, because some of us won't, we'll just protect ourselves. We don't have other rules to follow. It's just, I, when I'm confronted with an evil criminal, I'd like to survive. That's it. I don't start shit, but I'm happy to end it. The latest tax the rich thing. This is one of my favorites now. Tax the rich. It's all over the place. I'm back on Twitter, so I get to see the tax the rich. Here's some interesting bullshit. People want to say that the rich aren't paying enough, and especially under Trump. That was my favorite. Oh, he just, oh, he killed the economy. Oh, he lowered taxes. You know, I want to say after that whole tax cut thing went into place, I want to say 
personal income taxes only federal income taxes only went down by 65 billion when you say only there's a lot of other effects where that money would be recovered not only did it spur economic growth but it wasn't a handout to the to the wealthy because in 2018 the component of individual income taxes paid by the top 1% reached its highest level level ever at 40.1%. The top 1% paid 40.1%, okay? The percentage of the federal income tax paid by the top 1% has increased 20.7%, I believe it's 20.78% between 2001 and 2018. So they're paying more and more of whatever people are paying for their personal, their federal income taxes. The bottom 50% pay less than 3% of all individual income taxes. So you tell me how unjust and unfair this taxation is for all these poor folk. In fact, let's hear more of the numbers of, about the numbers of Americans who actually have a negative tax liability. That is, they receive more than they pay. There's not much talk about that. So, and if I made millions of dollars every year, I would agree to paying a higher rate right after everyone who doesn't pay 15% or more allows the government to disclose the personal finances. Consider this. It's like a, you know, Mint, that Mint app. Imagine a Mint app dump on Facebook. This way people can point you out and say, hey, you're broke, jackass, because you spend 10% of your age on hair care products, 18% pimping your ride, 12% on strippers. Actually, I would encourage every millionaire to buy a country somewhere else and take their capital with them. So let these people figure this out. So that's what we have to come down to. We need options. We need options. That, and at this point, uh, I don't think playing by the rules is really going to help anybody, anybody with, whose head isn't up the ass like these Marxists. And I think that's what we're, we're really at. Um, this is a crazy, screwed-up government. And there's something wrong with you if you're going to give it your unwavering loyalty. There's just way too many cases. I'm going to have a good piece coming up, and hopefully I can get a nice video together about these connections between these just a handful of people. You know that question, how many, how many people does it, does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many, people do, how many communists does it take to screw up America? Because there's just a, a few highly visible people that somehow are allowed to be connected to so much different shit and they come away smelling like roses, right? It's just insane. So I'll wrap this here and hope, hope to see you back soon. Take care and God bless everybody.